Hello, everybody, and uh, well, thank you for tuning into episode five of the Writer's Block. I'm Jason Video. I'm Frank Nutzi. And you know what this show is about, baby. We're here to talk about some of our favorite TV shows and movies um, and how well they're written or how poorly they're written. Today we're talking about the uh, the first episode of Marvel's brand new show. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was super excited for this. Sorry, Frank. What were, go ahead. What were you going to lead us with? I Oh. Uh, where to begin? Um, okay. Overall... I liked it. I know I, I said earlier that I hated it and I was bragging on it, but I was kind of messing with you, Jay. Uh, <laughs> it it was it was pretty well conceived overall. I have an issue with this goes back to me trying to piece together this puzzle that is the MCU in my brain. Mm-hmm. So we have the blip that's happened. We've have we've had this finale of the first saga of the 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 MCU which ended with Endgame and now we were thrust into WandaVision and now we're coming into uh, this show but also crammed in that we had Homecoming or not Homecoming Far From Home with Spider-Man so the timeline for me is just it's starting to boggle my mind because apparently this is set six months after the blip or the return from the blip of everybody. So which six is, months after Endgame. Yeah, which is after WandaVision, but before Home, uh, Far From Home. Like, is it like when was Far From Home? Because now I'm getting confused. Eight months after the blip. Okay, and then we have this little, like, this little thing. I don't. Not it's not even a little thing. It's a freaking film that we haven't even seen yet in Black Widow. Yeah. which has just not been released, released. due to COVID. Which so, feels like it should have before anything else. The, I, the original intention to start the phase, I believe, was to start with Black Widow. And mm-hmm. then COVID just screwed everything up because they wanted to have the, the bank at the box office for um, Black Widow. So for me trying to just figure out where this is taking place inside the MCU. It's just been confusing. And I had to watch it twice today to just kind of figure out. And then I picked up on it. It was like, oh, it's six months after everyone came back. So I was a little disjointed in, in the story. It, I understand that these two characters are very separate in their lives at the intro of the show. Of course. Um, but it felt like watching two different shows. That's literally, like, I, in my legal pad right here, I said, um, I, well, when we talk about balancing two different stories, you know, it feels like two completely different stories. You know what I mean? Sam and Sam's story feels like a Marvel movie, and Bucky's feels like a really dark, dark dramedy. Does that make sense? There's the funny dialogue between, and there's a, some funnier moments in the 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 interaction with his therapist, but especially in terms of irony, as we're we're hearing what he's saying and seeing his actions as well. But um, I don't know. On one hand, it feels like Bucky's story is filled with a lot of deep moments, and Sam's is filled with a lot of action, and like. You know, small town America. And that's something that I love about Sam Wilson is that he's like the ultimate patriot. Whereas, uh, and that's something I wanted to get into as well. It's about like, you know, Sam stands for America. But he also stood for core values as well. You know what I mean? And and Cap didn't as much stand for America as the idea of freedom in general. Which I think in the 40s what was is what uh, America stood for. And so he's he stands for the America of an older generation where Sam stands for the America of a newer generation. Um but like you said that that note on balancing two different stories it, it really does seem to seem feel like a different show. Like different genres too yeah. within the same show. Mhm. I it's 
I, that's why I needed to watch it twice. Like the first time I was a little underwhelmed because I was like, what, what exactly is happening here? Like I understand. And I called it last episode that he was going to give up the shield. And I was happy that he was, that he willingly gave up the shield Agreed. instead of it being taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, I forget the character's name, the uh, douchebaggy um, guy that was like, you've made the right decision, Sam, to give up the shield is the same guy at the end, which is great writing and great use of small characters mm-hmm. to be like, now let's introduce the new Captain America. Yeah. It's a total F you to Sam. It's a total exactly. F you. And um, I, I, I don't know. To me, this 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 is uh, this really kind of shows the difference of what Captain America stands for and what America stands Not just Captain America Steve Rogers. I'm talking about the idea Captain America stands for versus the nation America, what that stands for as well. I think Sam in the story was hoping for the respect of Steve Rogers that um, they would they would keep that shield where it belonged, yeah. which was in the museum honoring Steve Rogers. Really cool to see Don Cheadle as um, Rhodey in this. I wasn't expecting it. I mm-hmm. I don't know if they promoted him at all it was a great little reveal at the beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. um but again it raises questions to me in terms of overall mcu structure of it's starting to poke holes in my i don't want to say my fandom but you know where was roadie during wandavision if Rhodey is still military brass, top of the line, like military head honcho, how does something like WandaVision happen and no Rhodey? But then he's there in Washington yeah. for the ceremony Steve, yeah. to, to for Sam to give the, the shield up. And I understand, like, it's different properties and you're trying to do, you know, as much, you know, expanding further of the of the universe which has got to be a daunting task for all these writers that are working on different projects because i'm sure there's a negotiation between projects to be like hey we want this character and another project might be like no kevin said we can have him you can't have him yeah so like who knows what this pull and and take um happens so you have this like family drama that's happening interwoven with Military a story about PTSD. Yeah. Well, even just for Sam. So Sam has oh. his, his, you know, he's not even espionage at this point. He's just military ops. He's going overseas to do military ops. It seemed like a very shady op at the beginning anyway, because <clears throat> there was a plane that was already hijacked. There was you know, a certain barrier that they couldn't cross. He has no air support. He's essentially on his own. It almost honestly feels like they're trying to kill Sam. Like that's what it almost felt like to me as Mm -hmm. an audience member. And I don't know if that's the card they're playing, but like as a writer, if to bring that back in into the future makes a lot of sense that they were already out to get Sam from the very beginning, that he wasn't supposed to make it out of that mission. He wasn't supposed to even be at that ceremony at the at the um, uh, the museum. But it's just because I feel. It, it, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say it, it. really does make you think. Like, I mean, I can imagine that, and this is just me here. I don't know if Sam always planned on giving up the shield. If he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go put this in the Smithsonian," but part of me thinks that he would have kept it. If nobody said anything, he would have just hung it on his wall and be like, you know what, Captain America trusts in me to to continue on the mantle and to continue on with doing good and making sure that liberty is protected. But I think maybe there was a suggestion of, you know, like that that guy who was like, thank you for doing in the turning the shield, Sam, you did the right thing. They were like, hey, you know, what if he was able to get a, a museum director at the Smithsonian in D.C. to be like, you know, we'd really like to put cap shield on display have you know what he represented and and who he was honored properly i guarantee sam would be like oh just to help further you know 
promote the the remembrance of Captain America, probably the world's greatest superhero, hundred percent. And he's honoring his friend. You know what I mean? Helping him give the credit he deserves. Although I think it's at this point, it's like you know, Captain America was made a criminal, but he also saved the world. Like how how much more credit could this guy get? I I don't know. Part of me is like I I think there's a bit of influence in that decision of Sam returning the the shield to, um. The Smithsonian, and I think that the idea of introducing another Captain America, a superhero to defend the United States, as that guy at the end of the, the show was talking about, like, part of me thinks that this was a plan to hatch the minute that they found out Captain America was gone. Because, I mean, we got to talk about ideas versus people here. I, I don't know. Frank, what do you think? Do you think that they were, that this was hatched at the beginning, that they were going to establish a new Captain America, or no? I think Rhodey wanted him to pick up the mantle. I think he did. Because he asks him, you know, I'm going to ask you why you said no. Mm -hmm. And the writers, and again, it goes back to um, Endgame. At the end of Endgame, when Old Man Cap comes, the first thing that Sam says was that it feels like this belongs to someone else. When when Cap hands him the shield, he's like, it's not mine. Because I think... Sam genuinely believes that he doesn't deserve it or he's not there yet. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where where they go with it. I think, I mean, it's so interesting because I would have at least expected at the end of episode one that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier would have at least met up by the end. But there was no interaction between them at all Yeah. in this. The only clue that we get in the series or in the, in the first episode was when the psychiatrist takes Bucky's phone and he's like, well, you haven't returned any of, your, any of Sam's texts. So Sam has reached out, but Bucky is keeping himself distanced. Which is really interesting. Uh, Why do you think that is? Oh, sorry. Well, we'll get to the point you were going to say. I don't... It's really interesting because... I, I feel like they might head into the trope of the government is the enemy. Like they've done in the past whether it be either shield which had hydra just completely like infiltrated within it mm. um or with the sokovia accords where they were all you know considered outlaws and evil i guess not evil but outlaws um i i hope they don't go that route but the fact that they had the scene with Torres and Falcon and Sam at the outside the Tunisian little restaurant mm-hmm. where um, Torres was kind of catching Sam up because Sam's Sam was blipped. So he doesn't know what happened in the world the last five years. Exactly. Um, and I think it's safe to, to, to guess as well that he was just reinstated in the United States military. Yeah, I mean, I, they yeah. said that he was pardoned and Bucky was pardoned. You know what I mean? So, like, they were fugitives before they got blipped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, it's funny. I love all these little. It's like so much is going through my mind, but the the fact that the the group, the flag smashers, I believe they're called. Yeah. And their whole thing is. They want to tear down the walls of countries and just make everything one big, you know, united world. Yeah. Puts them in probably direct conflict with the United States military because that's mm-hmm. probably the last thing that the U.S. military or the, you know, the entire industrial military complex wants. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see if. Are the good guys really the bad guys? The bad guys really the good guys? Is Sam going to have to make a choice of where he's going to go? Um, it looks like we have another super 
human or at least an enhanced possible mm. mutant who knows yeah, well that's what i was going to ask you is do you think the flag smashers or at least this head flag smasher here is going to tie us into the mutants because they said foggy said that this show here leads into three other properties it'll be interesting yeah. um i i don't know i think i think because you have bucky in it and because you have this whole captain america stigma that is inherit through this entire first episode like to just they just harken back to the time of steve rogers and who he was like he's so much a part of the show mm-hmm. um that i'm leaning that he's an enhanced or super serum product that he's like bucky mm-hmm. um and i think that makes the most sense instead of mutants that he has the same superhuman capabilities that Bucky has and that's why Sam needs Bucky or at least maybe Rhodey tells Bucky Sam's in over his head because we have to remember here Sam is not superhuman at all yeah he's completely 100% human Mm -hmm. just with amazing technology and trained by the ultimate soldier Steve Rogers I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that I, I honestly think that this guy is a mutant. And here's my reasoning for why. Ooh, I'm going to tell you why. Um, well, you know, in one of the trailers, and I think that this was a huge, huge um, red herring by Marvel. They, Sam and Bucky, Bucky are talking like, you know, I, I'm, I honestly am starting to think that this guy might be part of the big three. What's the big three? Aliens, robots... Or wizards. It always seems like we're fighting one of those guys. Well, there's a whole nother division of superpowered beings that we have yet to see. That we know are coming. And they are the mutants. I would not be surprised if that's the kind of misdirection that, that Marvel's throwing at us right now. And that's kind of how they're going to introduce it. I would not be surprised if Zemo is trying to orchestrate like a, a New World Order. And is manipulating these superpowered beings. Maybe he realized like, hey, you know, like we couldn't get it done with the ultimate super soldier. And, you know, he killed the remaining super soldiers other than Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I mean, again, who knows? There, there might be some more super soldiers out there. But I'm thinking if there's any superpowered beings out there left, they're mutants. It just I just think that this is the way that they're going to be introduced. Like, a group of individuals... Hell no, no, no. A race of individuals who look like us, but molecularly are almost completely different. Who have gifts that are are completely unimaginable. And they walk among us. I mean... I think that this is just something that they haven't seen before. What happens if they're like, okay, yeah, he's got to be a super soldier. And then one of these guys just so happens to turn himself on fire. Or shoot or have claws come out of his hands. Or teleport. Or turn blue or turn invisible. Like, this is stuff that we haven't seen before. And one of these people could very well be a super soldier that just so happens to be a mutant. I, I don't know. That, that's that's my thought process here. Is Marvel's going for misdirection. Now, in in term in the spirit of misdirection, are the flag smashers in your mind good guys or bad guys? I mean, personally, I think the New World Order is a scary idea. I mean, so and that's something that we've all been conditioned to believe as well. You know what I mean? Is that a, a New World Order, like a, a world independent of nations, is scary? You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's it's strange to me. I mean, obviously they're being built up to be villains at the moment, but there's something kind of sinister about the United States appointing a new Captain America, a new superhero just to defend the United States. As if they're anticipating a group of individuals who are going to try and end the idea of nations. I don't know. It all seems very suspicious to me. So... So based on, I can see the, them being a false flag. Well, based on just the evidence of what happened in that scene, 
when they actually rob the bank because in the opening scene it's the alp i don't have my i don't have notes um i think that was the organization at the ALF. beginning alf who was the french guy from way back in the day yeah that that took over the tanker ship um in winter soldier yeah and spied or was like he hijacked the ship but he was trying to steal he was trying to steal um uh intel from yeah exactly from shield but it's even that group he was hired by nick nick uh nick cage nick fury or nick fury nick cage not the actor nick cage by uh nick fury at the um in that film so it's like just like this double play of like he just hired him like mm -hmm. are they bad guys because to me those seem like the bad guys because they actually tried to act like they hijacked an aircraft they were going to take that captain to do who knows what mm -hmm. and then when they went down into that canyon there were just a bunch of helicopters that were there like ready to just kill everybody well not everybody ready to kill sam mm. one one point in writing and storytelling that i had a major red flag about in that opening scene which again caused me to go like what you have the falcon who is known to have a wingsuit why would you go out of the aircraft to and glide and glide and compete with Sam on his turf. I don't know exactly that they were preparing. I think that, you know what it was? I honestly think that they were preparing for a kind of assault or so, or something. I mean, Sam Wilson had been gone for five years. I think it's safe to assume that they were probably going to send the Falcon. But, I mean, who knows? This might have yeah. been the Falcon's first mission back. Yeah, who knows? But, um, but yeah, I'm with you. It's a bit sus. It it was a it was a bit weird, but to my point about the the flag smashers, um, which the more I say the name, I kind of like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is the guy that robbed the bank, that jumped down. Mm -hmm. He hands the bags off to the two accomplices. He chooses to stop the cop. From arresting a random person or from assaulting a random person he's he kicks him off and like or tackles him and hits him yeah. into the pole and then it's torres that engages him and instead of killing torres because based on the strength that he had he could have easily just stomped his head into i mean he sent the guy flying with one leg like yeah. a good 10 yards yeah he doesn't kill him so yeah. that to me is the red herring of like are we actually dealing with an evil group or are we dealing with that's going to turn out to be a misunderstood you know not vigilantes but like you know are they trying to freedom fighters yeah i don't know who knows it's like um i'm with you i think that the, that there's definitely something there i think that you know john walker our, our new Captain America and the men that appoint him are definitely going to be on the more sinister side in this story. I, I think that the Flag Smashers are more of a distraction, a temporary distraction. I don't... I, I mean, we're kind of given a silver platter that Baron Zemo, you know what I mean? Somebody who, who was aware of Hydra, who, you know, was a part of a, a fucking um, Sokovian death squad, is what they said in, I think... Civil War, you know, I mean, like, but that's a big character change in Zemo to go from no more super soldiers, no more like crazy enhanced people to I'm now going to team up with super soldiers and enhance people. Well, I mean, I I don't even know if it was not just no super that they you know it wasn't just they have power and they're unregulated, but you know he also like. Why set up Bucky? You know what I mean? Like, like, it it wasn't it wasn't just that. It was like. The Sokovia Accords were were a result of a mis of the mistakes by superheroes, right? That's what it was. They were going unchecked and unbalanced, and 
this to me seems like an extension of that. I I don't know if they made Sam sign the Sokovia Accords. I don't know if they're still a thing. You know what I mean? That That's something that I think should be brought up over the, the course of the series. Is how did Sam get pardoned? You know what I mean? Sure, he saved the world with the rest of the Avengers. But like, do you think that the minute things go back to normal, they're not going to be like, okay, now we got this document that you really should sign that you forgot to last time. Why don't you go ahead and do that now? Because Captain America is not here to help your ass get out of prison. Yeah, like, it, It's going to be really interesting. You bring I, up a I, great point. I mean, to me, it's like, because that was the issue. You know what I mean? It was unrestricted superheroes. And then it was unrestricted superheroes that went and saved the world. You know what I mean? The Captain America-led Avengers took down Thanos and brought everyone back. And just about every single person that did sign the Sokovia Accords openly said they regretted it. So now my question is this. Are they going to go ahead... And force those Avengers to sign the Sokovia Accords. Or are they going to go ahead and realize every nation should come up with their own group of Avengers. Or their own superhero. And that's where I kind of think this is headed. Is that they're going to start militarizing superheroes for nations. As the United Nations tried to do. But now I think the United States government's going to get ahead of the, 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 what's it called? You know, we did it once in World War II. The Soviet Union did it for 90 years with, with uh, Bucky. They did it for however many years they had, they had the Winter Soldier. Not 90. My math is obviously off there. I'm going to go ahead and say it's 60 to 70 years. Um, they did it that for, for that amount of time with the Winter Soldier, right? It just makes you think, like, why aren't people going ahead? Because what, what I really think we're headed for now is The Boys, the, TV, the Amazon TV series The Boys. Where Americans and every nation is going to try and start creating their own version of like an Avengers type team or, or maybe even appoint their own superhero as a national defender. But is John, Walk, John Walker even enhanced in any way? I thought he was just like an average Joe, you know, run of the mill military type that they just gave the mantle of like he... Almost what Captain America was back in the 40s, which was a propaganda machine Yeah. for the uh, Allied forces. We don't know. I know in the comics, John Walker is not enhanced. He's just a really efficient and effective soldier that yeah. takes on the mantle of the Patriot. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, in this, they took a bit of liberty and they call, they're calling him Captain America. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the Patriot. He's Captain America now. And that's where I'm like, okay. But but I honestly think, like, we're going to see a very... I mean, the Sokovia Accords failed. There's not even a way to, to, to go around that. But I think that, again, the United Nations or independent nations themselves are going to start finding a way to go around this and be like, how the hell can we also manipulate the system here? Do you start making superheroes? You have this organization designated to taking down countries does each country form their own superhero to fight this group is the the flag smashers a, a false flag are they just trying to introduce a new way of warfare where we have these superhero gladiators come and battle one another instead of having soldiers do it i mean i don't know there's it, something that that the writers did here that i'm really appreciative of is they they didn't really give us much in this first episode and we still didn't get any Sam and Bucky together and I, I like that because it's like we're still not sure where this series is headed at the moment we still don't even know what genre this series is headed in mm -hmm. based on this opening episode we have two distinct different genres happening simultaneously with two different characters when they merge it's going to be just really really interesting mm -hmm. i i find myself you know with with sam like you said at the beginning it was like all americana mm -hmm. and then with bucky you have this post-traumatic stress you have this you know espionage you know going back into like the things that he did and the 
kind of like Wanda, like the grieving process. Like he he's clearly remorseful over all the things that he's done, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he is disconnected from the world. I mean, he lost Steve. Steve. I mean, that's another mystery. That's the where, uniting factor for these guys. Where's Steve? Um, I like that they didn't really say that he was dead. You know what I mean? If he is dead, if that's, I don't think he is. But I don't think so either. I, I like, though, that they opened... The first image that we saw was a black suit getting and a, and a white shirt getting ironed. And you almost think, like, right next to the suit, you got Captain America's shield. So now you're like, are we preparing for the funeral of Captain America? And that was a great little piece of misdirection. Yeah. But. It's interesting because I don't think society would accept that all of a sudden Steve aged... 70, 80, 90 years. So if, I think, you know, they're just kind of like letting him be. If the military, knew, like, does... Ro- the main question is, does Rhodey know about Steve? Because Rhodey was never really buddy-buddy with Steve. He worked with Steve in the Avengers. But, like, Steve was Sam and Bucky and Natasha. And... Rhodey was really Iron Tony. Man. Yeah. yeah. That was his affiliation, yeah. So the only two people, if you just take it purely on what we as an audience were given visually and audibly on screen, the only two people that know Sam is alive. I guess three because Hulk is there. Yeah. He just doesn't go near him. Um, are Bucky and Sam. Are they just keeping it secret? Maybe Sharon. Who knows? Maybe Sharon knew about Steve and Peg. I mean, who knows what Peggy told her? Yeah, I'm just saying strictly yeah, on, yeah. like what we can go based on what we saw, what was given to us as an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, where do you... Based on everything that happened on the first episode, like what genre are we in? Okay, I think it's definitely the overarching thing is drama. An action drama comedy. Because there is funny dialogue. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to ask you. Dialogue. This You can just answer with a yes or no. Dialogue. Thoughts on it so far? Good, bad? I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought I it was fine. The, I think the dialogue on, in Bucky's scenes are a lot more... They're better for some reason. They seem more realistic than the scenes with Sam. You know what I mean? It, it, it sounds almost Top Gun-ish with, with Sam's scenes. You, but you know what's interesting about that? Psychologically, Bucky knows who he is. Bucky knows what he's done. Yeah. Sam doesn't know who he is. He wasn't able to pick up the mantra or the mantle of Captain America. Mm. He was, bl- I mean, they were both blipped. But I think Sam is going through this existential crisis of not knowing where he really fits. That's why he goes home to Louisiana. He's trying mm-hmm. to, to bring the legacy of his family and continue it. I think he, you know, in ways, he's got these military contracts. He did the missions, but he is stopping himself short from being Captain America. And I think it's kind of eating him alive in that respect. Agreed. So I think the dialogue with with Sam, and this is just pure speculation by me, is meant to be awkward because you're dealing with a human being that doesn't know his place currently. And it almost and feels you... like every single... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, it feels like every single place he goes... He doesn't feel comfortable. You know, he goes back to Louisiana. His sister wants to sell the fishing boat that he has associated with his past. His family. His mom and his dad and his sister. And the family business of, of that fishing boat. And, and she's co-owns. like, I want out. Yeah, that he co-owns. And he's like, no, I want to hold on to this because that's, that's his past. But he can't accept his future either. Which is why he gives away the shield. And even the, the the dialogue between him and Rhodey is like, yeah, I'm an Avenger, but like, you know, does he really feel like one? 
I mean, you I, know. I also I also think though that this show is kind of showing that the Avengers are done. I I think so too. I mean, like, I at this point, Avenger doesn't even seem like an affiliation anymore. It's a status. You know what I mean? Because that's what the world is familiar with when it comes to superheroes. You know what I mean? They think Iron Man. They think Captain America. They think Thor. They think and and we know that it's not just an isolated incident of defenders. These are pop culture figures. Hulk is now like green out. You know what I mean? In Endgame, where he's got his own catchphrase that children are aware of. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not just superhero status. It's, it's like, celebrity tier. You know what I mean? There's. It's not just. You are a public figure. It, there's a brand to it almost. If yes. that makes sense. People, like, there's an iconography that the likes of which is Kardashian-esque. You know what I mean? Like, And, and it's really interesting, and it's, it's meta, but it's not as meta as what WandaVision did. But the yeah. fact that there is a Captain America comic book that exists within the MCU is just kind of cool to, mm-hmm. like, know that in this world... In trading were, cards. Yeah, there were comic books and trading cards made for Captain America. Well, so like not he, just that, the Iron Man helmet. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. In Iron Man three. Yep. Exactly. And yeah. and there's kids running around with the Hulk gloves and stuff like that in the Avengers movies. Like Yeah, so like you said, like right now who the world knew of as the Avengers are gone. Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with that ramification. And I think Sam understood that that he could not take up this mantle that he could not be captain america but i think we're gonna hopefully watch him build over the next five episodes into being able to take that mantle and make it his own i don't i mean when it comes to ideals sam wilson shares almost every single one with steve rogers and you can assume that that's from their friendship and the mentorship and the training. Like, Bucky was his right-hand man for the first half of Steve's life. The second half, it's Sam Wilson. And Sam, and I think, well, Bucky is sure as hell aware of this because Bucky doesn't know who Bucky... Bucky wasn't sure who Bucky was. And now Bucky is aware of it and Bucky is horrified and disgusted and has nightmares. And... I, what I think another thing that's cool about this is that, that he's going through the people of his past and he's trying to, like, recompense, like to, to, to reconcile with them. Like, and here's another thing, too, that there was another great subtle detail. It's a rule of your pardon. And you're supposed to be turning in these Hydra guys that you worked with as well. And that's another, cons- like, constituency of his pardon. You know what I mean? The reason Bucky got free is because it's not because, oh, you saved the world. It's because they can bent the American government can benefit from having the Winter Soldier, the most deadly assassin in, in the world's history, under their employ as an informant. You know what I mean? Like that's that's another thing. He's also being used by the United States government. And Sam, you know, is is like like we were discussing earlier, he is the epitome of Americana. And yet the nation that he fought so hard to protect like the the government that 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 runs that nation almost feels like it doesn't want to accept him I, and again i i brought up earlier like it it felt like I, I don't know i think that sam had self doubts about embracing the mantle i don't know if he would have mounted the shield on his wall and just remained the falcon but trying to pull the values of of steve rogers but to me it really sure as shit feels like somebody was like you know, maybe you should turn the shield into the Smithsonian. I doubt it was Rhodey. I think Rhodey, like you said, wants to see Sam become Captain America. I guarantee Bucky probably wanted to see Sam become Captain America. But to me, it's like, I don't know. I I feel like something, something, we weren't exposed to something here. We did not see something that, that influenced his decision to turn in that shield. And I think that, you know, there is a bit of a of a race connotation to this story that we're going to see with why was the man that Steve Rogers deemed 
worthy enough to be Captain America, the man worthy enough to not hold the hammer but the shield, why is he not good enough but this kid John Walker is? Yeah, it's going to be interesting too because we'll see if they bring in Isaiah Bradley. We'll see if they bring in um, the first black Captain America. Um, Mm. And it's interesting because if they do, then he was kind of erased from the history History. of the MCU. Um, Whether he was before Steve or maybe after Steve got put on ice, he took up the mantle. Like, who knows? Like, but I, I think I think someone was cast in that role, so it's going to be really interesting to see if they go that route. I think we're also dealing with... I mean, we had WandaVision, which showed us that life after the blip was awful. Even when mm-hmm. people came back, it was still a crappy time. We didn't get a chance to watch um, Black Widow, but I believe that's supposed to really take place before Endgame or before Infinity War. Mm-hmm. But who knows, like, if they touch, you know, with an after credit scene that we might have been robbed of, of setting it up for the current phase, which I, they do in all the other films. I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Rogers has a cameo in that. You know what I mean? Because Nat was there for Winter Soldier. I wouldn't be surprised if he was there for, for the Black Widow film. Yeah. Um, my point was going to be, like... Sorry. I feel like I have to apologize. Um, <laughs> I feel like this show has the daunting task of setting up the world, where we didn't really see the world kind of in WandaVision. We got a glimpse of it, and a little bit in Spider Man. And again, Spider Man happens after the blip, and it just keeps throwing me off because it's like. That was considered the end of the fate, uh, the end of the last phase. It's the mm-hmm. end of the, inf- it's the epilogue of the Infinity Saga. Yeah, and, but it takes place after the events of Wandavision, which just throws into question some of the stuff that happens in that film. Yeah, but it feels like we're now grounded again in like, okay, like all this craziness happens. A Mad Titan came blipped out half of humanity, blipped out half of the universe. We're now rebuilding. What world is going to be rebuilt and in whose image? And it really is cool to see, like, will it be, you know, the Flag Smashers? Will it be the DO- the head of the DOD and, you know, his, his whole thing with um, the new Captain America? Will it be the ALF? Will it be, you know, Hydra again? Zemo's Will it be the scrolls? In. Who knows? Yeah. But that this show has a like you said, it's gonna lead into three properties and it's a big responsibility to pen this and make it you know we we touched upon in the the last podcast that like when you have this collective story that you're trying to tell, if any of the properties fail it could be catastrophic to your entire thing that you're trying to build Mm -hmm. and you don't have iron man anymore you don't have captain america you don't have these cornerstones that have been built up you have to build these characters i I, i'm more concerned about bucky's well-being after this episode and his trajectory than than Sam's. I feel like Sam's is pretty easy to peg that he's gonna eventually become the new Captain America. Of course. Um, but anybody after that re- this, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, um, what's his name? Um, I just blanked on his name now. The uh, the kid that was kind of like his eyes and ears on the ground in. The first battle, Sam's eyes and ears. Um, the kid the that first... eventually becomes the new Falcon. Oh, oh my God. Um, Torres, yeah. Torres. Well, that's that's another thing that I was going to ask. Do you think with Sam becoming Captain America, do you think that he's going to abandon the, the manicure of Falcon? He might. I don't think he's going to lose the suit. I don't think so either, but... Um, 
I think he might. And Torres is going to take on the Falcon moniker, is, is what Possibly. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. But what's going to happen to Bucky? I don't know. I feel like he might die. That's just me. I, I don't think he makes it out of it. I mean, yeah, it'd be cool, but like that storyline wraps up like this if you if you kill Bucky. And I don't want to see Bucky die. He's a good character. He's an interesting character, especially because you have someone who's committed some of the worst atrocities in human history that now is physically able to comprehend what he's done because he wasn't able to before. And if, all he all he has is remorse. But if your arc as a character is to bring back your last deed is to bring back Captain America, that's a incredible way to go out. If you're responsible for giving Sam the confidence and letting him know like you've earned this, earn it. Mm-hmm. And then let Bucky go. Let Sebastian Stan go and become Luke Skywalker. I'm happy. I'm also happy. We're <laughs> at 50 minutes, Frank. Um, I, I do have two more thoughts, and we can wrap these up quickly. Yuri, the old man. We know that Bucky killed his son. Do you, I mean, you think he's going to get the closure of telling him? Oh, yeah. It's going to break his heart. But he's going to forgive him. But he's going to forgive him. I I really I mean and that's one of the most heartbreaking things about this is that is that you know you have somebody who knows exactly what they did but they don't it's the person who physically themselves is incapable of doing those kinds of things unless entranced and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and it's really poignant if you go back to the end of Civil War when Iron Man is fighting Captain America and Bucky at the at the end of the film. Iron Man asks Bucky, like, tell, like, do you even remember? Like, tell me you remember them. And Bucky, you could see the pain in his face. He says, I remember all of them. So, like, they're all just, like, crystal clear burned into his soul. He has every single pair of eyes. Just, And, and the scariest part of that isn't that Bucky wasn't there. Because he was. But he wasn't the one in the driver's seat. He was aware of every single thing that he did. Yeah. And he just was not in control. It's awful. It really is. <laughs> but um, I guess there's more horror for us next week <laughs> to discuss. What was your last point? Oh, the last one was um, overall. I know uh, you said at first, like, it was kind of all over the place, and it was. And it feels like it's still trying to find its footing, but I feel like the minute yeah. that we see Sam and Bucky unite, it's going to get a lot better. So my question was, Frank, in terms of writing, out of 10, what would you rate this as a pilot? As a pilot? Uh, I guess 7. I'd give it a 7. It- it it was just disjointed though like it just it felt like watching two separate shows within one it almost also felt like it's a part of a bigger picture that we and it is it's a part of a bigger picture that we have to see the whole thing at once otherwise it's not going to really make sense to us in a fraction it's like looking at one puzzle piece instead of the the cover on the box yeah, I mean, you have a show. It's called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You're getting Falcon and what he's doing. You're getting the Winter Soldier and what he's doing. And I mm-hmm. guess, you know, for storytelling purposes, like, it makes sense. Like, you're setting these characters up. You're showing where they are in their own lives, in their own worlds. I just kind of wanted more than just the psychologist's reference to the text that Sam was sending to Bucky as the through line and the connection between the characters in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my only gripe was that like, it just felt like it felt like two different shows, two different genres. It felt like I was watching, like it was two different experiences. Cause I was going like, Oh, like the, 
that set piece at the opening, the battle sequence, the whole like diving through the canyon, the the missiles, the helicopters, all of that was top of the line CGI effects stunt work, like epic action drama. Yeah. And then you went from that to like really intimate, like close weird angles in a therapist room with Bucky. It I was just like, whoa, like what what's happening now? That is something I will say, is that like and you know what, that might be just a, an ex- excellent storytelling thing that we're going to pick up on throughout the series, is that these, both of these stories are shot very differently. Yeah. And I like that, though. One feels more like, I, and Bucky's, for some reason, feels a lot more like an indie film. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of a man trying to come to terms with a horrible past. And Sam's seems more like a Marvel action film. Yes. But... When you put them together, it is a bit uncomfortable, but the more... I've seen the episode three times now. The more and more you watch it, and the more and more I'm looking back on it, the more and more I'm like, it's a fantastic juxtaposition. Yeah. The second time I watched it, I enjoyed it much more. Because I think I was also able to, like, breathe it in and go, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I I get... Like, even, like, the angles in the, in the therapist room. Like, the first time, it just threw me off. So, like, man, like, we're really in tight... And then, like, I, I understood. I was like, oh, like, Bucky's uncomfortable. And the way they shot it made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kudos to them. But I still think, I think, I think a seven. I think it was solid. Um, you know, just based on the trailers and all the characters that are coming into this, like, five episodes. I mean, that's a lot. There's a lot going to happen in the next five it- episodes. Yeah, that's a that that does seem like a short amount of time too, especially for how much they're going to introduce and apparently how much they're going to set up. But I guess the only thing we can do is watch it and weep. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, Frank. Any final thoughts before we we head out? <sighs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Um, well, guys, thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Writer's Block. Um, yeah, and we, we kept it under an hour. <laughs> yeah, we hope that you're enjoying uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we'll, we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Jason Video. I'm Frank Nutzi. And uh, keep watching. <laughs> Restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> Actually, I don't really care about it. Who cares? It was better, though. Watch it. Oh, it was better. It was better. Four hours. Make the time. Ciao, everybody. Bye.